0: what does your actual physical and mental health feel like to you? Mm. And then, like you said, if it's feeling, if if the job site, if your school is feeling crazy, then likely there's an opportunity to make some adjustments in some of your habits around your physical and mental self-care process.
1: So, Nate, right before we hit record, you said something really interesting. The beginning of the school year, right when kids are getting back to school, uh, we have our studio schedules set. This is a time where people typically, their their schedule falls apart. You'd said some things to me earlier in the summer, and, and there have been some changes in even the way that we were doing the podcast based on some things going on in your life. I'm not going to steal your thunder. Um, but there's some thoughts that are just top of mind. Uh, for me, uh, just because our family has, my family personally has been touched by some loss this summer. And, you know, Ooh. it brings to mind questions of mortality and stuff like that. And I think this is a good time to have an episode about uh, the things that we're doing to take care of ourselves, not only physically, but also mentally, emotionally. The life of a small business owner is very different than the life of someone who has what I'll call a traditional jobs. And depending on our personality makeup, depending on the way we're built, uh, people handle the stresses of that, the lack of structure of that in very, very different ways. And uh, I thought this is a good topic to get into. This isn't talked about much in our circles, and and I think it's an important one. Yeah. So welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Daniel. This is Nate, and this is the 7 Figure Music School podcast where we... Uh, talk about the things that make it possible to have a fun mission-driven business and um, we're here on episode <laughs> where we're getting closer to 100 every single week Nate um, wow yeah I know it's a lot of fun but let's jump into this and talk about what kind of led me to th- to start thinking about the the topic of health and wellness personally and then I'd love to jump in because Nate I know you have a lot of practices around this yourself as well but when I was 33, so getting closer to a decade ago now, uh, mm-hmm. I was hanging out with a, a group of people that I spent a lot of time with, um, mentors, people that I was really close to. And there was an older guy in this group. He's about 20 he, at the time. He was, well, he's still 20 years older than me. But at the time, <laughs> he was in his early 50s. And uh, it was the dead of winter. And he was wearing a jogging outfit it was, it was kind of out of place for the dress code of what we were doing at the time. You know, it was just a bunch of guys meeting together to, to just be guys, you know? And, yeah. um, and, uh, I, I comment on his outfit. And I was like, you're not, you're not going running in this. It was the, it was like middle of January, very in right. Indiana. There was Wait, snow on the ground. It was slushy. It was gross. And he said, Oh Yeah. And I said, why? Why are you doing this? And he said, and he could have come back with a cute little answer or or something. But this guy, being who he was, he was dead serious. He says, Daniel, when a guy turns 35, if he doesn't do anything to intervene, slowly but surely, all the muscle in his leg will turn to fat. (laughs) And I don't want that to happen to me. Right. And, you know, I was 33 at the time. And had not really experienced anything in the way of um, any major health thing. You, you know, when you're young, you don't think about that stuff. Be- no, you're, you know, you're Yeah, exactly. And and I just, that made such an impact on me. And I started uh, getting much more serious about my health at that time. And so I, I loved that someone cared enough to, talked to me about that and it kind of gave me a wake up call and put me on this path. That's kind of led me to where I'm at now. And I'm hoping in some ways that this episode can do that. Have you had a, have you had a moment like that, Nate? Have you had a moment where hmm. you had this wake up call or you, you change something or, or you began prioritizing the, this area of your yeah. life more than you had before?
0: Uh, I definitely, you know, I have Daniel as, as I've shared with you, um, I have a congenital heart uh, issue, so I was born with about four different things that were busted in my heart, mm. and so I had open heart surgery when I was four. And for me, the wake up call came when I when I was forty. Mm, how old was I? About forty five ish, forty four. Mm. Because after that initial sh- surgery, which was back in you know nineteen seventy three ish, I was told that I was all fixed, Hmm. that everything was fine. And I could just be like any other kid and, and just live my life. And, and my mom said the same thing to me, you know, growing up. And so of course we take that as gospel and we just assume that's what's happening. And then there was a moment back in 2014 where I went in for a routine checkup and I actually had a cardiac MRI, which was, which is a much longer version of an MRI for those of you who have the, unfortunately ever had to do that. Um, Anywho, basically this card this uh cardiologist who I had, had never met before looked at my chart and was like, uh Nate, you need to have open heart surgery like right now. Like immediately we need to operate. And that was back, like I said, around twenty twenty uh fourteen, late twenty fourteen into twenty fifteen. Yeah. And I just was shocked. I was like, so That, I had always been active, right, Daniel? I'd always been someone, like, I think as musicians, we're by definition active because we're using our body, you know, and you have to have, like, really high levels of body awareness to be a musician, and and we're both pianists. But I never really, I I didn't really think about uh, both physical and mental health um, as, yeah, as, as seriously as I did after that. And it's been, I mean, it's literally one of my top priorities, which we'll get into in terms mm. of what I think about how I organize my day and my year yes. uh, now. So yeah. it was a heck of a wake-up call.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into this. I hope this encourages dialogue. Obviously, we can't speak to you through the podcast or the YouTube videos. Uh, but, you know, I do hope that this episode – uh maybe causes people to pause for a little bit and think, because we're going to get mm-hmm. into uh, you know, our personal journey. But more importantly, I think the things that you can take from that to apply, maybe questions you can ask yourself, um, things to think about. And um, we're going to do that right after we talk a little bit about the sponsors of this podcast, mm-hmm. which are w- our favorite uh, big music games and group com. So Just a brief note about grouplessons.com. I've been talking to some folks who've heard some of our previous episodes and have reached out to me about uh, the Piano Express group piano system, grouplessons.com, and something I've heard come up over and over again is people just doubting that parents in their studio would accept a group piano system. And that has been actually their main trepidation. They, they're concerned about starting a system like that. They really want to, but they're like, oh, I just don't think parents in our area will accept that. Right. Well, I have word a word for you. And that is, they absolutely will. And I will tell you why. Because I've helped 500 plus studios convert. And almost all of those studios were absolutely convinced that no one in their studio would accept it. And what I did was I put them through a training on how to introduce the program to parents, right. how to normalize it for them, how to get them excited about it so that they're really, really on board. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you've thought, man, I'd really like to do that, but I just don't know. I don't know if I want to rock the boat. It's too risky. Uh, come on in. The water's fine because we have helped a ton <laughs> of studios get through those same exact fears, and they've come out the other side. and been very, very happy about it. You can learn more about this at grouplessons.com, all the advantages that can bring to you. One of the main ones being that grouplessons.com piano express system is one of the very, very, very few group systems in the world where a student can enter and exit a class at any time, making scheduling and billing for you really, really easy. A seamless mm. transition will result as um, as you use it. So that's GroupLessons.com. But uh, we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about big music games. So, Nate, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Daniel, before I go there, let me just say that I was literally on a call this morning with the school owner who uses Piano Express. And this is a quote. You'll love this. She said, when a parent calls about piano lessons, I can have them enrolled in Piano Express and with an under 24 hours. And I just thought mm. you'd dig that. And, uh, and it's cool. super impressive. Uh, big music games. Yeah. We're, it's the foundation of everything we do at Brooklyn Music Factory. And it's been available to teachers and schools around the world now for a few years, and uh, I've set up a site just for our listeners, bigmusicgames.com, backslash 7FMS. That's the number 7FMS. And essentially, it's just a whole series of music, uh, ear training, and theory games meant for your students that are ages 4 to 9, though we have tons of students that are teens that are also playing them. There are literally hundreds of games that cover uh, melody, harmony, rhythm, and songwriting. We're a songwriting program. So basically we have for years been uh, revising and refining how we build more and more fun into the lesson uh, architecture and into lesson planning and into the experience for the students. So bigmusicgames.com is where you can go and you can play games today. It's absolutely free to get started. So there it is. Anyways, if you want to gamify your lessons, that's it. Daniel, where do you want to start with our physical and mental health app? Because I would love to get deep into this. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, Every morning I wake up and ensure that I've reviewed
1: what I'm going to do today to take care of those two things. I do have a, a really, I feel like an important thought. And I think this is the way that I would frame this for anyone. Like if someone just said, hey, let's go out for coffee. Let's just talk about life. And if this topic got brought up, this is what I would say first. And that is that so often when I talk to school owners about what I'd consider to be the most important aspects of their life, it's couched in this language of how do I fit it in? Right. And I'm I'm going to actually make the suggestion that you need to fit work into your life not your life into work. Which again, mm. I think this is a unique message that has to be said to small business owners because the the fences in our lives are very very movable. And we have a lot of autonomy and we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of choices that we have to make every day. And unless we have fences or boundaries or whatever you want to call it. If we don't have those around our time, it's very easy to get into this mindset of, well, how do I fit this thing in here? And so what I would say is that there are some pillar, there are some cornerstone or pillar things in my life that I start with these and then everything else has to fit around them. And again, You could get this advice from a lot of different people. You go to YouTube right now and look up David Goggins or Jeff Nippard or a a lot of people who their whole shtick is exercise or things like that. Um, You know, this is just my contribution to it because I've lived this life. You know, I started teaching in 2004 and, and I had to think about these things in the context of our industry. And I know there's a lot of people that. Um, you know, the, it's more helpful when they hear it from someone who's gone through it, like they will for me and you today. Yep. Um, and so here are some of those pillars I think are really important. Um, I I center or I build my week around a couple core things. Um, there is just some personal time I'm going to take every single day to do things that are really, really important to me. And we'll get into those a little bit later, um, some of those a little bit later. Um, so I will just have what, I'll, I'll just block out time Um, for myself to do important habits such as journaling or just, you know, some people call it meditation. I just, I think of it as sitting in silence and just letting myself live, just exist, not for any reason, not to play a game, not to call someone, not to talk to a friend, not to go to a movie, not to do work, not to think. It's my little vacation. I can do whatever (laughs) I want with it. Um, I do whatever I want. yeah i can do whatever i want with my time but at this point i'm just e- existing and and um i think it was descartes Rene descartes he said something like i'm botching the quote but something to the effect of the problem is that most people can't sit quietly alone in a room uh, and that just that they can't that they don't have this they're, uncomfort- they're made uncomfortable by it. I don't want to belabor this point too much because I think we're going to get to this a little bit later. But let me just get through these pillars. So I have that. I definitely have family time. Mm-hmm. I have the time that I go to the gym. Right now I'm going four days a week. Um, and then I have dedicated goof-off time. And that's literally what it is in my calendar. And I'm not going to belabor this point. In past episodes, I have talked about how I do schedule my weeks out in advance on Sunday night. So I'm pretty clear on how my time usage is going to be that week. And I do schedule in all of these things and then everything else, all the work stuff has to fit in between these, um, these pillars, these important things, the, the non-negotiables. If I had a different job 10 years from now, I would still be doing these things. The job doesn't matter, but my life does. So... That's kind of how, so this is what Stephen Cubby calls the big rocks principle. If you put a bunch of sand in a jar and then you try to fit a big rock in the jar, it will not happen. You have to put the big rocks in first and then you fill in the sand around it. And for me, those big rocks, the non-negotiables is that family time, that personal time, uh, workout time, like that sort of thing. I'm curious, Nate, um, just speaking only on kind of this topic, like either maybe you have some thoughts on it or maybe you have different big rocks than me. I'm curious.
0: A lot of the big rocks overlap with yours. I, I I love what you said, and what's interesting is that this year, uh, let me let me share a couple of areas that might be unique, and areas that I might need to work on. I literally wrote in my uh, annual goals this year to basically have more fun, and I kind of freaking love that you have like goof off time. That you're that's actually a big rock, dude. I think that's like a that was like a little moment for me of like, wait a minute, hmm. I don't um i don't specifically book that um a couple of areas a couple of additions for me uh i book another big rock for me is some of my spiritual times so like i have mm-hmm. a thursday night class and a saturday morning class mm-hmm. i don't miss those mm-hmm. like i just don't miss those and, if, and I, in fact i was talking with someone today another school owner um and i was saying like even when a teacher calls in sick and I might be the number one sub or the fix to the problem I still don't adjust Mm -hmm. back to your comment like right work has to fit into the life so that spiritual piece is really important for me I go to those classes um yeah you were talking about sitting in silence I have a morning meditation I do that's right now um 30 minutes each morning and I I desperately try to not let anything move that um A couple of other pieces for me, you know, Jessica and I are empty nesters right now. So the relationship has shifted quite a bit. So right now I put those rocks in around her. Like one of, I just have, basically, it's just like, you know, for anyone listening who's an empty nester, (laughs) it's like, you're sort of getting to know one another again. So that's a big rock for me. It's like just developing my relationship with her in this new phase of our life. And so I schedule that in every week. Um, and then the last piece is, uh, I do a, I do like a morning walk, um, that I consider different than my exercise. And that might be sort of analogous to your, um, sitting in silence. I wrote next to sitting in silence, like margin, like I I might, Mm. I took an hour long walk this morning, uh, and that's just a time where I'm not trying to accomplish anything. It's not like I'm strategizing my day or anything. It's just Mm. like you said, just the ability. I'm just moving and breathing and Lulu, my dog comes with me. So maybe dog walking, that might be a big rock. Uh, but anyways, no, I view it as something important. So that's it. Otherwise okay. they're overlapping with you. You know, I hit the gym. I have, mm. I have family time. I have, uh, you know, I have a couple of other routines I do, which we'll get into later, but they all fall under those. So it's mm. nice. Mm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I love that. You know, I think I know We it feels like we just started this episode, but I'm gonna say that probably the rest of this episode for me is just maybe sharing things that I've done personally over the years, recommendations I have. I know that for me, being a big consumer of podcasts and YouTube videos, I, I do put a lot of time in my life into into that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've tried over the years. There's a lot of there's a lot of value I've gotten in listening to someone else giving recommendations that really work for them. I kind of want to pay mm-hmm. that forward. There's things I think that have been really helpful for me that that I want to share here, and I think the same is probably true for you. I probably have some personal accounts that I'll, that I'll get into, but mostly I, I just want to be helpful to those listening with some very specific recommendations. Um, yeah, I love that. So first off, I want to start maybe with like mental health. Uh, that is a hot-button issue. That is also a big umbrella term. I'm just going to keep it really simple and say that um, over the years, I've had, uh, ex- I've had some interesting experiences. I actually had a very, I had a recital in 2014 that I got so stressed out over that mm. um, I actually had a massive panic attack a couple hours after the recital was over, and it was so bad that I ended up going to the hospital. Um, what was so interesting about this was that once your body does it, it creates a pathway for it to continue to do it. Mm. And that's why I would have them just at random times. And they weren't never wow. they weren't nearly as bad as the first one. But during during the, the most of 2014, I actually was going around being scared of my own body. Th- that's a year I very Ooh. clearly remember because it just could happen at any random time until I learned out figured out how to control it. Um and what was interesting was once I learned how to control it physically. Once uh, I had like this trigger thing that would make it go away, I stopped being afraid of it and then they, then they went away. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was very scary for me. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of like a mental health thing. But what I will tell you is probably the the greatest thing for just the average low level anxiety that we can all experience on a day to day basis. For me, the biggest controller of that is just the planning that I do and and how much thought yes. I put into what I'm going to be doing each day. So I keep, I'm not going to belabor this point. I keep two lists, one for work. That's everything I'm going to do this week week in order. And I keep a personal list of everything I need to do. These lists never get completed. Every week things get added to them. I will never complete these lists. It's okay because once a week I reorder them and make sure the most important stuff is at the top. Mm. So when I sit down for either business list time or personal list time, That is the only time I think about the things on those lists. I sit down. I look at the next thing. I do it until it's done. And then if I still have time left and the time I blocked out, I go to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. And then, like for instance today, I stopped working at 1130 to eat lunch. I went and made food for myself. I goofed off. I didn't think about work. And then it was over. I came back and I kept working on the list. And when I get done with work tonight, I'll work on my personal side of the list. I'll work on my personal list for a little while. And when I get done with that, I'll stop thinking about it. And I will say that a lot of people, including team members who know me, they may come kind of like, Daniel, how do you read all this stuff, watch all this stuff, know all this stuff? Like, how do you have time to do that? And just like these lists, man, I feel like I'm getting to live <laughs> a couple people's lives in the course of one year be, just because my t- everything is so efficiently planned and then I just don't have a lot of anxiety around the things that I have to do, even though there's like big stuff in the line and I've got team to pay and, you know, bills to pay myself, blah, blah, blah. Like I just don't experience a lot of anxiety because for me, keeping that just keeps it a very, very, very low level for me. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious around well, I your, remember- your mental health stuff, Nate, or maybe you had something different to say. I just wanted
0: to add to that because I remember when you shared with your system and I wanted to highlight one thing you said, which is that you reprioritize it every week. Every and Sunday, I love that. yeah. Yeah, every Sunday. And you just create a list and you say, hey, this is w- to my best My best guess right now is that this is what's most important to do first this week. And you do it. Yeah. But you give yourself an opportunity next week. So that resonates with me. Yeah, for for the mental health piece for me has been um primarily around I sort of wrote down here three things one as an adult sort of being diagnosed with ADHD and realizing like oh I'm it's not just like a an artist creative thing like there's actually a diagnosis for this dude and if and that's why you're always setting for example I'm a huge proponent of the pomodoro timer like I'm I'm working on writing a book right now Daniel and I have 3 25 minute writing sessions later today You know, and I have to use timers. Literally, when I'm having lunch, I try to sit and only eat and I set a timer for 10 minutes because I'm like, come on, dude, you can just eat for 10 minutes and do nothing else. Anyways, so mental health for me was one, just sort of like this diagnosed thing and being like, okay, well, this is why sometimes I feel scattered. This is why I'm so interested and intrigued in your like list system, right? This is why it's hard for me to do the weekly review every week. Because I get distracted quickly. But also why I try to double down on those things that give me a sense of, like, like you said, a sense of control, lock booking the schedule. I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, by the way, I call it my big three. Like, what are the three things I'm going to accomplish this week? And then I have it in a gray color on my Google Cal and I just put it in the calendar and I try to give myself ideally up to three hours a day that I can work on those. But usually, like today, it's one and a half hours. So I don't judge myself too much on the length, but I put those things in there. Um, The second piece around mental health that I jotted down is like, for me, it's peace of mind. Like, I want to be able to work, Daniel, whether it's like prepping a podcast episode that we're going to do or having to address, you know, a building issue at the music school, like our HVAC just went out today. Having to address that. Um, and it's 96 degrees there, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm not there right now, but I'm, wor- you know, working on it from afar. So, whatever the e- issue is, I want to be able to work on it with a peaceful mind. That's it. Mm. That's my criteria for me personally in mental health. I do not want to get worked up, I don't want to <sighs> get agitated over it. And that's so how I define it. And so, you know, things like, We were talking about it before like that quiet time the sitting still the meditation the setting an intention of working peacefully through the day that's essential to my mental health otherwise we all know i mean you know our listeners all know how quickly it is to get derailed and feel super agitated over something Mm. um and then the last piece is anger like i i work really closely to watch whenever I do feel angry and then I say to me personally it's not a useful emotion so mm. I just am constantly aware of that and I'll like you said about around journaling and things like that a lot of my journaling is a, is around just being hyper aware of it it's not like I have an anger management problem at all or anything like that it's more like I don't want it to show up anywhere whether someone's cutting me off on the road <laughs> or or a tax bill comes due from 2019 that I just got in the mail. Like, I don't want to feel it in any of those situations because I don't think it's a useful emotion for me. So in terms of mental health, those are my three. That's great. Those are currently That's how I operate
1: in that world. I think before I move on, I'll just put a few recommendations out there. Things that were uh, helpful for me. Um, Early in his run of podcast episodes, Tim Ferriss had a number of people on that made a huge impact on me. This is back 2014 to 2016. Um, Mm. And there were recommendations I got from that podcast. um, And I would maybe have people check out Tara Brock, uh, his episodes Mm -hmm. with Tara Brock. Those were really helpful. Uh, She's kind of someone who specializes in meditation as well as, um, of course, I'm forgetting his last name now uh sam harris i kept wanting to say sam altman who started y combinator um sam harris has a book called waking up and it's non-religious meditation and just the neurological benefits of it naval Ravikant did some episodes on on that um and there was a, a a video years ago that is no longer available where he talks for 11 minutes about his meditation practice that was really helpful for me i actually before they they privated the video I actually got the link. So I'll probably put that in the show notes because that video is no longer available unless you have the direct (laughs) link. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And I do have the direct link. Um, And then also, I love the app called Oak. It is a meditation app. It's my favorite one. I think a much more popular one is Headspace or Calm. Those are great, but um, I really like Oak. I just don't don't know why. I just do. It was made by Kevin Rose who founded Dig, which was a precursor to... uh, Reddit and Kevin Rose is a is Tim Ferriss is probably best mm. friend. This was an app that he designed. Um, he is already super rich. He made no money off this app. He, he I think he donated all the proceeds <laughs> or whatever. Um, he just really wanted an app that wasn't as busy as some of these other apps that are more popular, like calm or headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, those are the recommendations there. think I want to like jump maybe now into health. Nate, is Love that it. cool? Okay. Love it. Again, I'm just going to – again, my goal here is to just talk through and make some recommendations and and talk about how I kind of got where I am. But I married a health nut, um, and uh, she was much more concerned about the food we were eating. And so pretty much from that time, 2006 when we met, I've eaten very, very healthy uh, for the most part. doesn't mean I don't have pizza night. doesn't mean that I don't eat fast food sometimes. But in general, the kinds of food we keep around the house are – you know, like locally sourced or organic, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, I would say that just as in my time with, (laughs) with food, I track as well. So I, especially when I have been in a place where I'm trying to be really conscious of what I'm eating, uh, I, um, I do track calories and, and macronutrients and things like that. Um, Even this year with my weightlifting, I was able to add a lot of weight to what I did just by tracking my protein better. I had a vague assumption of how much I was taking in, but then once I started tracking it, I realized I was vastly under eating protein versus what I should be, and I ended up being able to lift a lot more simply by um, prioritizing protein calories over fat and carb calories. Um, So, Do do you use an app to track? Do you use I, an app to track that at all that you'd recommend? There are a lot that do it, like MyFitnessPal. I just happened to use the one that a gym that I was going to a while ago. Um, I don't there go you. to it anymore. They just had us use an app called Lose It. Um, Got it. You know, I was... Uh, I'm I was I'm almost 6'2", and I have been since I was 14 years old. I actually grew 10 inches in one year, between 13 and 14. Man. So I was about six one when I was 14 and I grew another like half inch to inch over the next decade. Um, (laughs) and we made for very (laughs) awkward teen years anyway. Right. (laughs) When I was 14, I weighed 135 pounds at six foot one. Um, I always had a very fast metabolism. I was the skinny guy, so to speak. Um, I don't don't suffer. Yeah. I don't suffer from that problem anymore. I'm kind of, you know, fighting the other end now, but, um, but, uh, The point being just that it became more of a thought for me as I went in my 30s, especially with some stuff going on with my heart. Um, Just wanted to be Mm. a little more conscious about that. Um, Mm. So that's kind of the food and health side. Um, I would recommend that people look into a couple things, things that stood out. I've experimented a lot in terms of diet over the years. I tried keto. I hated it. There was a book I read that talked about how to lose weight rapidly or something. And it basically went, and I don't think this is sustainable, but there were literally times where I dropped 20 pounds in six weeks just eating this way, um, where you cycle between mostly carbs to mostly fat, and it shocks your body every time you do it. So you're like five days on mostly fat, no carbs, and then three days on mostly carbs, no fat. And then you just keep cycling through. And they'd say to keep this up for four to eight weeks uh, Mm. um, to, to get the effect your body just kind of gets shocked. And honestly, we ate tasty food during that time. Um, I mean, it was really good. It, it isn't like a traditional diet where it's like, Oh, just eat, you know, paper and water. You know, it, I mean, we were eating really nice stuff. We were having desserts on, on the fat days, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the book. If I remember, I'll I'm put it in like the show so- notes. It's not like South
0: Beach. It's not around. South
1: Beach. No, but anyway I just swear by this because every time I did it I dropped tons of weight and they say only do it for four to eight weeks not because it's dangerous but just because it's kind of unsustainable but being being the nutcase that I am I mostly sustained it for almost 18 months where I was mm. eating this way um, although I would cheat on holidays um, but you know mm. unlike keto this is a system you can cheat on so those are just kind of again some of the things that really stood out to me in terms of diet I'll talk about exercise next but is there anything diet wise that really was meaningful
0: to you yeah i mean i'm gonna just make i'm actually gonna take a different angle on the diet piece and i'm gonna keep it super personal for a minute so my younger daughter had a really suffered from a really um extremely hard chapter and an eating disorder when Mm. she was younger and so what's fascinating is that it completely changed our language around food Mm. and obviously diet culture etc we just it became like a we just removed. It. We just had to remove it from our home culture, right? So there was no more talk around diet, but um, and we just simply use language like "food is medicine," which is one of the really important. We we practice something mm. called family-based therapy to bring her back to health, um, where we become the sort of food police and ensuring that she's eating, etc. Anyways, um, where does that lead in terms of just uh, uh, physical health and diet? Now, for me personally. Really, what I've found works because we're not going to subscribe to any sort of diet. We're not even going to talk about it here. Instead, we've taken sort of very simple approaches. Like um, for us, Uh, we've done things like, well, we're just, you know, we're just we're making sure that we're eating three meals. We're making sure that we're balancing and there's more vegetables than less vegetables. You know, things like basic things like that. (laughs) We're not. We're not like. They we're not treating it uh, calling it a diet but we're ensuring that we're eating consistently that was a thing you know the other thing for Jess and I has been some sort of pretty simple things like we know that if we drink alcohol like more than x number of days in any given week it's just tough it's hard yeah. mentally and physically so yeah uh, we've done things like um you know we've taken a month off we've done things where we don't we only drink on a friday or a saturday We do sometimes we'll be, it's harder in the summer. It's harder when we're with family or on holidays. So we'll do things where we like, you know, you just have a glass of wine every other day and you've Mm. cut down 50%. So those are just a couple little, little hacks. And, 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 and then a little why behind, um, why there's nothing in my Evernote around dieting, you know, in terms of physical health, that's why we don't. Um, but those are some of the ways that we talk about it under our roof. So.
1: Okay. I remember the name of that book. Oh, what is it? What do you got? It's called the Alt Shift Diet. Um, Alt Shift. yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I will say this um, maybe as a last thing. Uh, and that is just that uh, I sometimes wonder if just the tracking is what helped versus it being some kind of magic thing. I don't think it's a magic yeah. bullet. I think it's just that I had to be tracking the number of carbs or fats that I was eating and and just that level of detail lent itself to um, yep. being much more aware. And I think that's maybe maybe the, the controlling factor in all this is awareness. Well, uh, maybe let's go to the last one that I want to talk about. And that is just kind of like what has worked for me in terms of uh, – uh, you know, what I've done at the gym. So mm. I had three phases in my adult life. One gym was, phases. yeah, I had three gym phases. Nice. One was a guy I knew who's a little bit older than me, a kind of a mentor father figure to me. Um, he was an NCAA quarterback and he turned me onto this book called the new rules of weightlifting when I was in my mid twenties. And I did that for about five years. Um, and then when I had, five or six years. And then when I had that panic attack year, I actually stopped going to the gym because I was taking it easy. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, and that actually, I think I was even, I think I wasn't even before that, to be honest. And I think about it. it's been almost a decade ago. Then I had that wake up call with that friend. And then, so then I started working out again, but I used something and I, I actually still recommend this. It's called, you are your own gym. It's a book. Oh, dig it. You are your own gym and it's all body weight exercises. And I would do this five days a week. I did these 20 minute routines in my living room while, and I'm, you know, I'm not embarrassed to, well, maybe a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but back in the day, Gary Vaynerchuk used to release a daily video that was usually 10 to 20 minutes long. And so I would watch his daily video while I was doing that routine in my living room. Um, While my wife was gone to work, my son was still very, very young. He's probably up, you know, in his room doing something. But sometimes he would come down. I mostly wouldn't because if you know Gary Vaynerchuk, you don't want a child in the room while you're watching a video from Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> but um, anyway, the point is, is that um, it was kind of it was kind of this fun little habit I had just to do that. And that content is not the kind of thing where you need to sit there and concentrate. It was just really fascinating to see what this really good, intense entrepreneur was doing with his with his you know his life and right. just kind of get a sense of that. Anyway. Then the third phase was I just got to this point where I couldn't increase the challenge anymore. Like I was already doing the advanced stuff on the You Are Your Own Gym book and app. And it's like, I can't, if you're just doing body weight exercises, you you reach this natural limit as to what you can do. It was around that time that I thought, you know, I've always wanted to do weights. And that this local gym opened where it wasn't a gym where you, you know, check in, check out, do your own thing. The only way you could be a member there is if you were working with a trainer. So I oh, actually man. got a trainer and paid, I think, I don't know, four four thousand dollars to work with them for like six months, where we were mm-hmm. coming in two or three times a week, and they were doing they were doing work with me in there, checking my form. You know, we were getting our body scanned, like they were, you know, had recommendations for us around nutrition, like all this sort of thing. Me and my wife did this together; it was like a hobby. Um, and then they would also. It, uh, plan for us to go outside of our time. And I had a separate gym membership where I could go and do the stuff on the off days. And so Mm, there were some days that Abby had me working five days a week. So I was two days with her three days on my own. And I did that I did two six month stints with Abby, and then she ended up moving. And I didn't want to go with a new trainer. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this on my own now. And I started doing some really serious weightlifting, which is what I've been doing pretty much since 2019 up until now. Um, and, you know, these aren't super impressive numbers or whatever, but I got my squat up to 325. Um, I got my deadlift up into the mid 300s, mm. um, you know, doing um, like 90 pound dumbbell chest presses, you know, 90 pounds each hand. Um, so just, I've gotten pretty serious about the weightlifting. Um, those are considered to be intermediate for, for my age and weight. Those are considered intermediate numbers. Those aren't even really all that impressive, to be honest. But I love it. And maybe the final thought I have on this, I'm going to turn it over to you maybe to close the episode out, Nate, is that Naval Ravikant has a great quote. He said, <laughs> you know, people say life is torture. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm kind of paraphrasing him. But the thing is, is to pick the torture that that you love um <laughs> right. or nice. or the best the best diet is the one that it, it takes no willpower to stick to the best workout plan is the one that takes no willpower to stick to do something that you love the best job is to have one that, that doesn't require you to feel motivated to go into work every day and I would just say that of all the phases I've gone through um I really love the one I'm currently in. There's some that I love more than others. I had a whole running phase too because of my best friend, which I'm not going to talk about. I hated it. (laughs) 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 I had like a two or three year running phase. I I hate running. Anyway, I would just say that there's something about weightlifting I think that is very different. And, And here's my recommendation. If someone wanted to get started in this, I recommend starting strength.
0: Oh yeah. You tell me about that. Yes.
1: There, I don't think there's a better way to get started. They're criticized for being overly simplistic, but that's, I think actually really important for someone who wants to get started. And that company actually, a lot of their first time clients are actually people who are 50 and older, 50s, 60s, Mm. 70s, who are actually doing it to, um, to, to maintain their health as they age. Mm. Um, and I love, I love the company's ethos because of that. Obviously, I started when doing their stuff when I was in my, at the tail end of my 30s. Um, but the criticism that Starting Strength has about the gym industry is that a lot of times trainers, and I will say this, I love Abby, but I, I, but a lot of trainers are trained in such a way that they overcomplicate the things that they tell newbies to do because it makes it feel as if it's really hard, so that people continue to rely on the trainer. When in reality, almost anything you do getting started is actually going to give you huge boosts in energy, strength, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, so that combined with the fact that, and I, I mean, this is a good segue for you. Um, mm. I will also do stair stepping, so I'll like do you know, hundred stories <laughs> in twenty five minutes or something like that, where it's a pretty good clip. That's um, your cardio. Yeah, and I'll do that every once in a while. I used to do it a lot more, but I'm mostly just on the weights now, which weights, according to Starting Strength, if you're doing them right, they will provide the cardio as well. But mm. anyway, so there you go. yeah, I'd recommend people look into Starting Strength. If you want a science-based channel that is not a lot of hype, I'd, I'd recommend on YouTube Jeff Nippard. Um, he's a really good source of information. Um, yeah, Jeff. I think that's where I'll nice. stop. I think it's where I'll stop, turn over to you. Maybe you can close that episode out, Nate, with... Uh,
0: well, yeah, and I want to just say rough. your numbers may be intermediate, but they're impressive to me, Daniel. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> I am not doing weights. And I would say, yeah, my perspective on this is going to be um, from the... Rather than have... I have had gym phases, which is... It's cool the way you phrased that or framed it, but... I've been, everything I've done, exercise has been communal. Whenever I've tried to go solo quest on it, like that's why something like weightlifting would be really hard for me Um, because it feels too, I'm like, I show up to a spin class two mornings a week and it's the same, like, you know, collection of people. And if I don't show up, there'll be like this one guy and there's like, Nate, where were you? We missed you. You know, like that kind of thing is so important to me to get me to show up. Um, I, I I I run the stairs with another close friend of mine and been doing it for ten or twelve years, a few times a week. The fact that he's there to meet me at six in the morning, that's like essential to me. You know, it's similar to your Abbey. Like I've got to have an Abbey, or I'm better off if I have like seven Abbeys. You know, <laughs> to try to get me to show up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. So all of my exercise, you know, I've gone through different things that I'm interested in in my body. Like I used to play when I first moved to New York as a jazz pianist, there was a great jazz musicians, basketball pickup game. I showed up religiously to that because I love people and until my back and my knees just hurt too much. And then I mm-hmm. switched to something else like spinning. I swam for a while, but again, swimming was too isolated. I felt too lonely to me. So I, I bailed on that. Um, But so that's my thing on exercise. It's always been finding a group. It's always been showing up consistently to that group, mostly because I feel kind of accountable to them. Mm. I always say, I'll see you next Thursday, and then I show up. Um, And then in terms of like, uh, you know, sort of the why behind physical exercise for me, I just, and and this is probably a good, well, actually, I wanted to say one other thing, but this is a good Mm. wrap up which is that um, I'm a huge proponent of, like, put your body first. Like, mm. as, my, as my 95-year-old neighbor around the corner here says, Nate, you know, use it or lose it. And then mm. sometimes she says, move it or lose it. And she's walking by my house twice a day because she goes on these laps. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just think as long as I'm moving my body, as long as I'm exercising consistently, then – some of the it really benefits the mental health piece it benefits um honestly it it benefits so many other facets of my life Mm. you know but how i present to my family how i present to my colleagues so that piece i mean and i know like i mean daniel you what i'm one of the things i like about your when you share your schedule it's like you head off to the gym after you've worked for like three or four hours it's true You know, so you'll go there and you'll do that. And it's just very, I mean, it's still like intense and like goal focused the way that inspires you, you know, the way you would operate in that context. But then you probably come back if you have to work more and you feel totally energized again, where it's almost like a start. It's almost like you're starting a second day, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm in my early forties. I feel amazing. Um, I just, I love having the energy, um, and just to to talk about that mental health aspect again one more time mm-hmm. there's there there are studies that have been shown that there are positive mental health outcomes for those who stay active um and i think even some that have been specifically in on on uh, they've tied it to specific kinds of activity but for me there's something about doing, doing the weights or whatever. I come back. It just, it kind of clears you out. There's something about it. Mm, um, yeah. And maybe uh, I know I said, I kind of had a final thought. I'm going to add one more final thought. And that okay. is one
0: more and then one more. And then that's truly a wrap. Yeah. Then that's truly
1: <laughs> a is that I think this all wraps back around to the fact that again, because for me, uh, things are very, very scheduled. I I've had time to educate myself about these things. like, I've been able to taste a lot of things and, and try a lot of things and find things that work for me simply because since my time is used really, really efficiently, I have more time in my life to, to read that book or to listen to that podcast or... um to, I mean, show up
0: to your coach. I mean, you showed up to a yeah a gym where you needed a six-month commitment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. So uh, I'm having a hard time putting in the words, but I think it's just the idea of like because I think it all it's all interconnected. and I think this is the way I'd say it. Because my brain isn't jumbled with a bunch of work stuff when I'm not working, I can truly be present when I'm doing this other stuff so that I actually do feel like I have the bandwidth of my life to add some mm-hmm. of these other things that I've heard friends of mine say like, oh, I just don't have time to go to the gym. My life is crazy. It's always crazy. My life is crazy. (laughs) Actually, no, it's just an organized. That's actually the word you were looking for. Um, And if you were to organize it, you'd find that, that you have the time to do these things. It just feels that way. Um, And I'm not trying to be preachy here. I'm just saying that uh, I know that I know how helpful it's been for me to to do all this. and, and it's, I would wish this on anyone like some people have commented like Daniel, do you even enjoy life? Like look how regiment is. I was like, no, I'm enjoying like I'm enjoying life a lot (laughs) and I'm getting to do a lot of fun and cool things because the space is there to do it. So that's probably the way I'd end. This is just to say that I hope this doesn't sound too intense. It doesn't feel intense to me. My days honestly feel pretty relaxed. Yeah. My days feel really relaxed, but it's just cause I am.
0: You know, I think that you just hit it on the head right there. Like, we're um how does it actually feel to you mm. as a listener? Like what does your actual physical and mental health feel like to you? Mm. And then like you said, if it's feeling if if the job site, if your school is feeling crazy, then likely there's an opportunity to make some adjustments in some of your habits around your physical and mental um yeah, self-care process and You know, the link you made to um, being efficient with your time, being organized, I want to link it back to an area that's so important to us, Daniel, which is around this idea of annual planning. Like, you don't know what to prioritize in your life if you're winging it day in, day out, day in, day out. The reason why, Daniel, I'd say um, I'm going to just speak for you here right now. The reason why you can make those two lists is because you've actually done the thinking long before those lists were created around what were priorities for you. And this is what I'll close with, is that like in this year, w- one of my top priorities was my physical health. Um, and I was linking it to one of my second priorities, which was my, my wife. And so we just completed like a two-week-long walk it's called a through walk, the coast to coast across England, uh, which was 200 miles in 14 days of walking. And it was, it was intense for us physically, but it felt great to do. It didn't feel crazy. It didn't feel wild. It's something that we talked about doing a long time ago, and this was the year that we prioritized it. And so then a lot of my physical well-being was around just making sure that I could show up to that and do it in a, you know, like, like I said, in a positive and peaceful way and have a lot of fun to the outsider. They might, like you said to the outsider, might they be like, that's crazy. I can't believe you did that. Actually, to me, just like to you, all the things you're enjoying, Daniel talking about to me, it just felt like, no, but we set a goal of doing this. And it's something that Jess and I really, really enjoy doing is, is hiking together. We just extended into a 14 day walk, you know? Um, But I think that's the link for me. It's like, do you know what your priorities are for the year? Like you said, do you know how work fits into that? But then equally important, and I would say more important, do you know how your physical and mental well-being are being served by that work, right? And how is that fitting into it, right? Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families and you want to know how because we ask them and they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them and so now i have a simple ask for you if this podcast the 7fms podcast was helpful to you would you mind leaving a review for daniel and i and please Share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.